Hey, and welcome to the Kid Therapist Podcast. This is Allie. And this is Lauren. We are two licensed mental health therapists practicing in Maryland who love helping kids and families to manage and overcome their mental health struggles. Our goal of this podcast is to educate, inspire, and provide some insight into what could be going on with your kids. Here we go. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Kid Therapist Podcast. Allie here, and I have a very special guest with us today, Marie Stankovich, who is a close friend and colleague uh, who is here to discuss how the older kids and teens in our life, and especially even the grown-ups, parents, caregivers, how we may all be struggling to feel this pressure to achieve and really be positive during this challenging time that is providing us with a lot of questions and uncertainty and really just kind of leaving us feeling kind of tired. So Marie will provide some ways to manage this term that's been coined toxic positivity and how to deal with some of those uncomfortable emotions during this time. Hey guys, and welcome back to another podcast episode. We have another special guest with us today, and I'm super, super excited. Um, I'm welcoming Marie Stankovich. She's a licensed clinical professional counselor and owner of Wakini Therapy Services in Maryland. Um, She graduated with a master's degree in pastoral counseling from Loyola University in Maryland. So Marie, thank you so much. I've I've actually known Marie for a few years now. We've worked together at a, in an agency setting and then um, both, you know, branched off into our, our separate private practices. So um, I'm very fortunate that I have her as a friend and a colleague. Um, so yeah, Marie, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to support you and Lauren um, in your podcast. And I am just thrilled to be here. Thank you. So, so tell me a little bit more about the clients that you work with specifically now in private practice and, you know, how that's going. Yeah, I, um, so like you said, I, I graduated from Loyola University of Maryland with my pastoral counseling degree. And um, a lot of people hear pastoral counseling and they think it's all about um, either uh, working with a priest or, or uh, parishioners only. Um, with a pastoral counseling degree, I'm trained and um, knowing a little bit about all religions and spirituality. So for clients that, um, if, if we want to do a holistic um, review of what might be issues, we um, can bring in spirituality and religiosity to the session. But that's not something that everybody has an issue with, so sometimes we leave it out of session. Um, I really love working with um, older teens and adults and um my specialty, I guess, if you want to call it specialty, of course, anxiety, depression, uh, suicidality, and I really enjoy working with, um, I'm saying um a lot, this is going to drive me nuts. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) I really like working with um, clients who are questioning gender identity. Oh, great. Great. That's wonderful. And and I think that, you know, during this quarantine time and this interesting time that we're all going through, you know, everyone's kind of going through their own 
journey maybe with religion and spirituality and like figuring things out about themselves and, you know, especially that, you know, demographic of of like the older teens, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of one thing that started to show up for me, like with my sessions with kids and teens and even, you know, some adults too, is that this idea of, I'm not doing enough, you know, quote unquote, or I don't feel motivated to complete certain things or I'm being lazy. I should be doing, you know, this, this should, I should right. be doing all this. And this is like this opportunity we've been granted in, in quarantine and we should be feeling inspired and all this stuff. So like, I mean, what are you noticing for you and even for friends, family, clients, you know, what are you noticing in terms of like this forced motivation that we're supposed to be productive and achieve so much? Yeah. What a great topic to be talking about because we are all, the the entire world is going through the same thing right now. And um, first I just want to say, I want to make it clear that we are experiencing a global pandemic and this has not happened for us before. And, um, it's really, really important that we recognize that this is a traumatic experience. And some people might hear trauma and think that, you know, that's either it's overly dramatic or uh, that's just kind of ridiculous. But, but the fact is we are experiencing a trauma and trauma is categorized into either big T trauma and little t trauma. And what categorizes the type of trauma we experience is how we deal with it. So, Allie, you and I are both experiencing the the pandemic, um, but we might be experiencing it in different ways. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have clients, some who are thinking, this is great. I get to work from home. I can work in my pajamas. I can kind of make my own schedule. Things are great. You know, this is is a relaxing time. Spend more time with family. Um, For them, this might be a little T trauma, but for other people, uh, they may have lost their job. They may have lost a family member to COVID-19. They are going through things that other people aren't experiencing. Uh, They may have a loved one who is considered an essential worker and... Okay, fun times with technology. So we lost connection, but I have Marie back and we're, we're doing something else. So we make sure we don't lose connection again. But uh, Marie, yeah, so you were saying about, you know, kind of those big T traumas and, and how this can impact people in maybe a more um, significant way and how having this mentality of like completing stuff and and we'll get into toxic positivity in a second, that can feel really overwhelming, I think, for that particular group of people. Right. Yeah. So um, as a, as I, I'll probably repeat myself here, um, but, but this is a traumatic situation and we are experiencing for some, it's going to feel like a big T trauma for others. It's going to feel like a little T trauma and how we respond to it is, is going to classify whether it's a big T or a little T trauma. Um, but the fact is we all are going through a traumatic event and we need to respect that. We need to you know, give everybody grace because this is something that the world has not experienced before. So uh, we're, we're learning as we go along. Absolutely. And I think that that's all that we can do. And, 
you know, with the idea of this po toxic positivity, you know, what does that exactly mean to you? Like, what, what do you know about it? Like, what exactly is this term that I've, I've heard it pop up a couple times, actually. And, and how do you think that's impacting people? Yeah. Um, so do you know anybody, Allie, that's always wearing rose colored glasses? Yes. I think even people might even argue that that was me at one point in my life. <laughs> and, you know, like, oh, you're always so positive, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely know people. And I was probably like that at one point in my life. I Yeah, I agree. I, I did the same thing. And I even now, sometimes I find myself doing that. Yeah, uh, it's it's a natural thing. We you know, we want to find the best for somebody. Mm -hmm. We want to look on the positive side. Um, it's important to be positive. But it's also important to be realistic. Um, people that are always looking on the bright side are never really looking at that reality. You know, they're never um, when you're looking when you're talking to somebody who's wearing those rose colored glasses, they can be invalidating. Mm. Uh, you know, you can you can express your fear or, um, you know, your anger about the situation. And if they are talking to you about looking on the positive side or look, but look, we're not sick or, you know, just saying all these positive things. Yeah, that's great, but they're invalidating your your fear and your anger because you are you are allowed to feel fear and anger. You know, we're all feeling those things. So what we really need to do instead of always looking at being positive, we need to feel and deal with what we're going through. Um, when we don't feel these, what some people might call a negative emotion, when we don't feel them and deal with them, they will oftentimes become bigger and more significant. So it's really important that uh, we really do feel things. And some, you know, we as therapists say, let's sit with it. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. We need to really kind of sit with it and feel the fear, feel the anger. It doesn't feel good. But it's important. And when we start to feel it and then deal with it, we can kind of put it away. You know, we've, we've worked through it. And the next time maybe the same or similar fear pops up, we're better able to cope with it. Yeah, and I love that. And I think that that is something that people, you know, maybe who, who don't have the luxury of, of having a therapist through this time, which I, I agree is definitely a great privilege. Um, but it's it's the idea that we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to, you know, have these uncertain things floating through our mind. So the idea of, oh, if we're looking on the bright side or if, or if we're being productive or all this stuff, you know, then at least I'm, I'm doing something. So that kind of gets into my next question, you know, and this can be aside from the quarantine, you know, our society in the U.S. puts a high importance on achievement and being busy and how, you know, we, we should be achieving all these things. How do you think that that's impacting people, especially during this time and their, their mental health? Yeah, I, I was just reading something about um, in the United States, how being busy almost is perceived as some of some importance mm. and uh, researchers at John Hop Johns Hopkins had dubbed our current culture as the cult of busy. And be so being busy in and of itself is not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to be busy. Some people thrive on being busy, sure. but some people don't. And 
those people that don't really thrive on being busy, um, being in that environment can lead to chronic stress. Um, as we become busier, also, we can find that our relationships suffer. Uh, we might become less present in, in sitting with people. You know, you you might be, you know, having dinner with a friend and your friend is talking and talking and talking and you're kind of off somewhere else. That is a little bit of what happens when we're chronically stressed. We're just not present with people. We're not present with our children. We're not present with our partners and our relationships can suffer. Our, our work life can suffer. Um, we might be less productive at work and our just our performance in general just might suffer. Absolutely. And and I think that that's, you know, a word that probably both of us cringe at when we hear productivity is, oh, you know, yes. from from, you know, being in a setting where productivity is highly rewarded and that's what we should be doing, you know, all this emphasis on that and and of course we're talking about uh, a former place that we uh-huh. used to work at um you know we, we are very fortunate and I think we both are very happy where we are now and and feel very I mean I'm feeling a lot of gratitude that I get to sit with a lot of my my kids and teens and adults through this difficult time and we're kind of figuring things out together um but but yeah definitely I think people can thrive off of being busy I, I like what you said about that but also um this pressure to to achieve and and be one of those people if you're not feeling like you're one of those people right now can be very overwhelming. Yeah. And, and it also, you know, the overwhelm, this chronic stress is a real big issue. And it's not just um, something that we see in adults. We're also seeing it in, in teens and even in younger children. You know, we put our, we get our kids going to school. They, you know, they get up early. We rush them through breakfast. We get them dressed. We get them to school. Well, in the old days, we did. You know, we get them to school. And then, you know, after school, we take them to soccer practice. And then after soccer practice, we run them, you know, down the street to um, clarinet practice. So even young children feel chronic stress. And the reason why it's so important that we address it is that chronic stress can lead to to changes in the brain. Um, It can lead to shrinking gray matter in the brain. And and when we have that happening, our brain responds to stress in a very unhealthy way. So it's really, really important that we, you know, take care of, of chronic stress when we're feeling it before it really does a number on us, both mentally and physically. Sure. This would be this chronic stress would be a great topic for a future show. Yeah, yeah, we, we love topic ideas. So we'll we'll, yeah. we'll write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you got into like managing this. So so what are maybe some s- specific skills or ways to manage, you know, these messages that are being thrown our way at this time about being positive and productive, if, especially if we're not feeling that way? Like how can we cope with this so it doesn't become this, this chronic stress, you know, yeah. type thing? Right. Um, you know, I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'd like to say just ignore it, just ignore them and act like they, you know, they're not saying anything that, that you need to hear. But of course, that's easier said than done. We mm-hmm. can't ignore it. And we're seeing it everywhere. You know, we see it everywhere and we hear it from friends and family and on the media. Um, so it can't be ignored. Um, I think... There's several different ways. Um, And really, you might have to try 
a, a skill or um yeah coping you might have to try different coping skills before you find one that really really sure you. very individualized um, yeah yeah exactly um we need to really find ways to take care of ourselves it basically comes down to self-care taking care of ourselves um Again, I want to remind everybody that this environment that we're living in is just not normal and it really may not be conducive to positivity and high productivity. So take it easy on yourself. Be gentle. Um, It's not important that you get everything done. It's not important that you, you, you know, build that extension onto your house right now. Yes, you may have the time, but you need to also take care of your mental health right now um just like everybody everybody's body body needs energy to function properly Mm -hmm. so does our brain and so brain's energy also comes from a healthy diet and proper sleep hygiene and exercise and i am a i'm I'm a big component of support systems i think we always need to assess and reassess our support network. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we don't necessarily have to have the same support network for every area of our life. You know, we might have um, a, a support system that we go to when we're having issues with parenting or a support network that we go to when we're having issues that deal with our career. Um, maybe another network that we go to when we're having struggles with family or friends. So it's really, really important to always assess and reassess your support system. And um, it's also really important to make sure that you're nurturing it and maintaining it properly. And what that means is that there are times that you're going to need to reach out to people, which hopefully you're finding that you are doing that. I know sometimes for some people it's really hard to reach out, Mm -hmm. but it's really important to reach out because reaching out to others and allowing others to be of service to you benefits them as well. So it's, you know, it's, it's something that, um, it's really needed for everybody. I, I just, I, like I say, I, I'm always asking my clients about their support system and how they're using their support system. Um, During COVID-19, we are having to use our support system in in different ways. We can't just run down, you know, during our lunch break and have coffee with a friend and and talk over what's bothering us. Or we can't, you know, go out Friday night happy hour. So we're really having to get creative in how we use our support systems. And I'm hoping everybody listening... um, really is using that support network and finding if they don't have it, that they reach out, find out how to build one. Um, Some people don't even know how to build a support system. So um, just reaching out to one person and, you know, maybe saying, I feel lonely or I feel scared or I'm feeling angry. That's the start of building and and nurturing a support system. You're going to find that people are going through the same thing you're going through. I mean, we're all experiencing it. 
Yeah. And I think that that's what's so hard is that, you know, I've seen this quote pop up a couple of times and I think you kind of alluded it to, to it before that, you know, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I think another important thing to assess is um, how much social media and news we're consuming. Yeah, you know, it, I was just thinking that, like kind of yeah, reading out right. like, what we what we need in, in terms right. of that. Yeah, it's really, really um, tempting to want to hear everything. And, you know, it's changing so often, you know, sometimes you, there's changes throughout the day. And um that that can just really overload you and it's enough to make anybody feel that chronic stress we were talking about earlier so being more mindful of what you watch on tv or or what you read or um how you use your social media is really really important because it, it just might not be healthy for you absolutely and and you talked about you know taking care of our mental health, our physical health, you know, you know, watching, um, you know, our how we're fueling our body and moving our body. But, you know, what would you say to someone who feels like I'm just being lazy, like I should be having all this energy, like I'm just laying around like and they feel really guilty about that. I am so glad you asked this question. This this question is kind of near and dear to me um, because I found that early in the lockdown, I was sort of doing nothing but couch surfing and binge watching Netflix. And I actually said those words to myself, I'm just being lazy. Mm. And the more I thought about it and the more I listened to other people saying I'm just being lazy, um, I started to really pay attention. And again, I want to say we're going through a traumatic experience. So if someone we're going through a, um, I don't know, let's, let's say domestic violence. Um, if they were, if that victim of domestic violence were feeling the need to just rest, you know, rest on the couch and, and watch TV, mindless TV, would you say they're being lazy? Yeah, absolutely not. Right. Exactly. It's, it's needed. It's needed to help your, your mind and your body heal. Um, so, you know, whether you're, you know, playing Candy Crush all day or watching TV or you get lost on Twitter for hours, it's just your body's way of dealing with the traumatic experience that we're going through of the pandemic. Um, your body is not feeling an immediate danger, you know, so so right now you're not revved up and, and, and going. Your body is sort of resting, but your brain is continually working. So your body is kind of conserving that energy. So if and when it's needed, your brain is working over time, but your body is resting and relaxing. So when, when the time is right or when you're, it's needed, you'll be able to jump into action. You'll have that energy. So so be gentle with yourself. You're you're normal. You're, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. It's really, instead of being lazy, it's just this phenomenal way of our body taking care of us in, in this healthcare crisis. Yeah. And, and I, I love the way that you, you said that and just kind of being, you know, normalizing it and just being gentle with yourself and just understanding that a lot of people are feeling that way. Um, and maybe that's a hard shift for people who, again, going back to just being so productive, and now all of a sudden, they're feeling um, really, you know, fatigued. 
you know, that can be a big uh, change for people and just how, what they're noticing inside their bodies. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned, you know, obviously having all of these responsibilities, especially parents. I know parents are struggling to juggle all these different roles that they've been, you know, kind of thrown in the deep end with and, and really being present with their kids is probably a struggle right now. Um, you know, what, what do you say to them? Like, how do you, you know, how do you help them through this? Mm. So I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to say, I'm going to be very transparent here and say, I'm so glad my kids are grown because I cannot imagine wearing so many hats right now. I can't imagine having to do, um, you know, my work and homeschooling and, you know, maintain a home and family and friendship and, uh, the list goes on and on. And I, I am so inspired by parents who are getting up and doing it every single day because it's not easy. It's a hard job. And kudos to you parents because you're doing it. The only thing I would say is be gentle on yourself. You, I, I hear so many parents um, saying I'm not doing, I'm not getting it all done. And I, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. My house is a wreck and, you know, on and on and mm-hmm. on. And that's okay. That's okay. Right now, um, our needs are, are very simplistic right now. We need to feel safety and that's our number one priority. And if you and your family, your children are, are safe right now, you're a winner. You're doing it right and you really need to really focus on what's important and that is keeping your family safe. Yeah. So yeah, I think just kind of reprioritizing in their mind yep. what what they need to do and um you know, just kind of taking things day by day, because I think that's a, another thing is that we're hearing a lot of new information coming at us a lot. Um, I, I know here in Maryland, we were one of the last uh, states to decide the decision for the rest of the school year. Um, so that was weighing over a lot of parents and kids, of course, you know, their their heads. Um, yeah. So just kind of hearing that information can really either be a sigh of relief or it can be like, OK, now we got our our home stretch here. <laughs> you know, yeah. right. And we have to remember, we have to this is all new and we have to be creative. You know, before COVID-19, parents may have really been um, vigilant about limiting time on social media. Mm -hmm. And now that, you know, children, their social network has has just sort of been taken from them. I mean, like everybody, but with kids, it's really, really important. Their identity is wrapped up in their peers. Um, So it's really important that we sort of support our children. And maybe that means giving them a little more, more time on devices um, they need they need their social contacts. They really, really need yeah. their contacts. And I'm hearing a lot of parents of teens complain about their kids, you know, kind of being, I don't know, locked up in their room and just wanting to be FaceTiming friends. That's okay because that's what they need. And for them, that that normalizes this and it makes them feel like they belong. And taking away devices is probably one of the worst things we can do right now because you know, especially for teens they just really really need that connection 
Absolutely. And and that really goes back to what you were saying about having that support network. You know, imagine these kids who are used to seeing their friends every day in school and also interacting with them after school, you know, through yeah. their devices. And now that's like totally been stripped away, you know, the, the face-to-face contact. So of course, they're going to try to overcompensate with other means, whether it's, you know, Snapchat or TikTok or FaceTime or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad that you normalize that for families, because I think parents probably feel a lot of guilt or, you know, shame about letting their kids use their devices more yeah. often. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I would even suggest that you join your kids in doing some of that stuff, you know, join them doing some TikTok dance or, <laughs> or you know, being silly. And I think not only was that with that, that connection with your kids mm-hmm. be good for them, it would be really, really refreshing for parents as well. Yeah, just kind of like loosen you up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's one way of dealing with that stress. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I yeah. love move, you know, moving your body too, I think is, is a great way too. Exactly. Um, so, okay. Well, one last question, you, you know, you have a lot of great knowledge, um, but, but are there any like specific resources that people can look into for managing, you know, some of these feelings that they're having, you know, maybe some things gearing towards like a, like a self-compassion type, um, you know, topic, you know, if you have any resources. Yeah. Um, I am really of the mind I'm the type of therapist who only gives homework if people really like want it. You know, I, I don't believe that homework is good for everybody or, or, you know, Hey, go read this book. Yeah. So for me, I am, I'm the type of therapist who, if somebody says I need help looking for, you know, a resource on blah, 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 I would, I would feel that I need to, you know, research and give them a resource. But there are some, you know, that I can mention right now that I would say definitely are go-tos. And I think, I think, again, support groups are really, really necessary. I would use that as a a source, Mm -hmm. as as one resource. Um, uh, Let's see. uh, Of course, everybody loves Brene Brown. Who doesn't love Brene love Brown? Her. Love her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I am a big supporter of free apps, and you can find all kinds of free apps, you know, in the app store. Mm-hmm. My go-to app for practicing meditations and guided imagery is Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. Um, Insight Timer, I think it's on both on Android and iOS. And they have um, talks, they have guided imagery, they have stuff for kids and adults. And you, you can do a search on any topic, grief, anxiety, suicide, uh, work stress, you name it, uh, you, can, you can find it, breakups, anything. And um, I have often asked my clients to try it, especially like sleep and, and anxiety a lot of us are dealing with that. And for the most part, they have all gotten something out of it. But again, it's something that you have to try. It might not be for you. There might, you know, there's a Calm app, there's um, Headspace, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of apps you can use. Um, let's see. Also, there is a lot of good stuff by psychologist Kristen Neff. Mm, yes. She, yeah, she does a lot on practicing self-compassion. Uh, she's written a lot of books and has uh, created workbooks that all help us acknowledge the need for and increase self-compassion. And of course, I would say, 
find a mental health counselor that you click with. Um, mm -hmm. Counselors, you know, therapists are great. You long term, short term. Um, we are there. We're available. We're here to help you. And um, we've got all kinds of ideas that are really too too many to mention here in a, a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also just having, you know, that person that maybe is outside of your inner circle right now. Yes, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. And they have, they're, they're, there's no bias there. Yeah, you know? no judgment. Exactly. Yeah, so very helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of therapists, I mean, you know, are offering virtual sessions and, and telehealth sessions right now, you know, and some insurances are covering it. Um, yes. You know, so there's definitely a, a, maybe a increase in accessibility too, which is wonderful. Right. And, you know, I would not be afraid to even ask for a sliding scale rate or mm -hmm. a reduced rate. Um, therapists know that, that these are hard times and, and we're working with clients to make things more accessible, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll actually, um, we'll link your uh, website and your psychology today to our Facebook so that people Perfect. can, you know, reach out to you if, you know, if they're local or even if they're not local, if they're in the state of Maryland, right? Like they could, they could talk with you virtually. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I know I said that was the last question, but I have one more final question. <laughs> what are you binging on Netflix? We all want to know. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I am, I have a, Let's see, two more episodes of this season of Dead to Me. Loved Wait, it. Wait, of season two or season one? Season two. Oh, my goodness. You were way, way ahead of me. <laughs> yes, I started last night and nice. I, I, I blew through half of it. So nice. I finished up some today. And, of course, I love Ozark. Yes. That's another one. And um, Little Fires Everywhere. I stayed up until 5 a.m. one uh, morning watching that, which there that's not go. good for you people, but I did it. <laughs> hey, it's a, that's self-care, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Marie, for being a special guest today. It was so wonderful to, to hear your voice and, and talk with you. Um, I know we have our weekly little therapist Zoom chat, so I'm excited to see your face again in a few days <laughs> you are I, I have to tell you Ali you are one of my major support systems so I greatly appreciate you and I I really appreciate being here today oh well thank you all right Marie take care I'll talk to you soon you too bye-bye bye, -bye. Right, bye. <laughs>